everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tees. We're doing it. This is obviously a different format. I think you'll understand. We're looking at you. We're here together in person for the first time. I know. This is the only time in almost 150 episodes. I know. I thought you were a hologram. <laughs> Turns out that I'm not. I thought I was a hologram too. What are we ranting about? Okay. So our friends over at Popular Mechanics, do you have any friends over there? Do you read it? <laughs> we both we both know the answer to that. I <laughs> I know. No, but I I dust it off every once in a while. Okay. Well, they they are weighing in on our industry. All right, let's hear it. And they believe that there's a new study that says gray hair may be reversible. What's your hot take on that? Uh well, it's reversible with some hair color. Oh, snap. I was not going to Okay. <laughs> but uh I I don't think that that's what they're positing. So, what is no. what is the deal? So, the study says they're linking gray hair to stem cells getting stuck, unable to color new hair growth. So, that seems like a layered issue. Yeah. A stuck stem cell? I don't know. But they travel back and forth within compartments, said stem cells. Mm. And when they get stuck in one of the compartments, they can't regenerate into new pigmented cells. So is that the reason you have some gray it hair? Must be. I, because your stem cells are stuck in a compartment? It must. That's exactly why. I didn't realize, and maybe people out there know, we still produce stem cells as adults? Indeed. Okay. okay. In the marrow? Is that where... You're going too deep for me. <laughs> I just, I honestly, adults and stem cells, I'm never really. Mm. Anyway, wow. Okay, well, there's a lot to unpack there. So the moral of this story is that restoring mobility of the cells could allow the continuation of pigment problems therein, eliminating gray hair. Interesting. More to come from Popular Mechanics. On our last episode, we talked with Lisa Din. Uh, Lisa is the salon owner, hairstylist, and colorist. She was born and raised in Toronto and has been in the industry now for over 15 years and has been a salon owner for seven. We love that. Hair is her passion, and she's dedicated her life to learning, innovating, and creating. She's also worked very hard to build her own brand. So major kudos to her and create a salon that she is incredibly proud of. Over the last years, she's learned to always stay true to herself. Believe in yourself your goals, and never give up on your dreams. Solid advice. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions at volumeup at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with Katie Alm. Katie's a hairstylist, Joyco artistic educator, and Olivia Garden brand ambassador. Katie recently closed her six-chair salon and fell in love with the salon suite lifestyle. She travels with her color company doing training, photo shoots, salon education, and more. Katie loves filming silly content for TikTok, which is great. Check it out. Mm -hmm. We'll have it, obviously, in the show notes. Um, and specializes in lived-in creative color. She says that she's just a girl who loves her job and all things beauty. Uh, and we love talking with her. We love that. Can't wait for that one. So we have another rant. And this one is like, we're going to dig deep into the archives of your memories in the vaults that is Jeffrey Lennon. Okay. So there's a TikTok trend out there now mm -hmm. um, that talks about the history of haircuts as a means to signaling personal change in pop culture. And I don't think this is new TikTok. Do you? Breakup hair? Yeah, we've, we've mm -hmm. been there. But I mean, we're documenting it now. Um, they're saying that your hair holds memories mm -hmm. um, per our TikTok users. Um, but that headline is a little deceiving, if you will. It's followed by essentially people with their normal do mm -hmm. and then their transformative do at different times with perhaps drastically shorter hair and the attention behind this trend it appears to showcase your willingness to bid adieu to the past and embrace the present and future each video is set with a rendition of i love you so by the walters and so jeff have you ever had transitional haircut did your hair hold the memory and you needed to let it go I mean, I've definitely hacked off hair and maybe at times like life stage. Yeah. So yeah, I, I identify with this. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I would mostly because by the time I'm ready to cut off all of my hair, I don't like it enough that I would want to video or photo myself. Yeah, I know. I just want it gone. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then it's gone. Um, but yeah, definitely. Have you, do you do major? I like will go from, as you know, having hair to no hair. Yep. You don't 
you don't do you we call that the many eras of jeffrey right it's the hair eras and i'm pretty stuck in my era right yeah. now i don't know i can't imagine you would be like these videos are really dramatic well and i've talked about it on the pod before when i turned 40 my mom thought it would be great you know she's a hairdresser to give me a little cut and the cut turned into kitchen hair do and she cut probably four or five inches off which led me to get extensions mm -hmm. to which were my newfound love mm -hmm. and so that was very transformative mm. Mm. yes so that's the only one i have well hair holds memories <laughs> as they say on the talk i don't know well let's talk about things that are trending on our site okay. maybe uh, our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news and looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know but you should mm -hmm. and here are some of our favorite headlines first up is an article about CMOS. Uh, the article is called CMOS, the hottest new wellness ingredient for nourished hair. Recently, one of the most hyped up supplements in the wellness space is CMOS. On TikTok, CMOS, the hashtag, has over 715 million views with a plentiful amount of celebrities and influencers voicing their love and support for this ingredient. Fans of CMOS claim that the nutrient-dense supplement has helped with a range of issues, from clearer skin and losing weight to a healthier gut and increased immune system. A quick Google search shows that various industries have leapt at the opportunities to tap into the CMOS trend. You probably know some of these brands. Um, and the most recent one being the salon professional industry. Head to the CMOS.com to learn more about CMOS in hair products. Is it a yes or a no for you? Well, my question is, and Corbin did a great job writing she, this. Shout out to Corbin. Is... CMOS FDA approved. Well, if you read the article, which you should do, <laughs> it's absolutely not. Um, so there's that, but yeah. there's plenty of things that are not FDA approved. That's fair. And I feel out. like CMOS is a pretty low barrier to entry that's true. as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And so, you know, if there is a, as seeing from Miel, CMOS anti shedding scalp and hair oil, and I'm into anything that's restorative for the scalp and for shedding hair. So I'm not opposed to see. Moss, the moss, the moss. Oh my, oh yeah, look, moss, a bilingual pun. Um, yeah, it's a no for me. I just, it's gross. Um, sorry, <laughs> sorry. All right, next up, uh, the Met Gala, mm -hmm. which I can be. Uh, the article that you should check out on the is called The Most Mesmerizing Hairstyles from the 2023 Met Gala. The Met Gala may be fashion's biggest night, but it's also a big night for beauty, especially our personal favorite hair. Every year, our favorite celebs, models, and industry insiders team up with their talented glam teams to create the most eye-catching and imaginative hair looks. And this year was no different, with this year's theme being Karl Lagerfeld, a line of beauty honoring the life and work of the legendary late designer. Attendees made sure to pull out all the stops for the big nights. There were dramatic hair accessories, feathered hair pieces, bows of every shape and size and color. They took center stage, as did Baby Bangs, Brunette Bobs, and Voluminous Buffons, which we've talked about earlier we today. Love, we we're, love a Buffon. We're into these things. <laughs> uh, there was so much good hair that we had to do our roundup, um, which is yep. exactly what you're going to see over on Tease.com. Who were your top three? Top three. Number one, Sydney Sweeney, for sure. Talk about a big bow. I mean, the big biggest. bow, big hair. I thought she looked absolutely stunning. True. I mean, yeah. so I'm there for that. Shout out to her and to Glenn Coco. Mm-hmm. Cara Delevingne, I mean, to get the Carl Platinum I was with a little bit of mess. More from, oh. Well, from her, okay. given that she was such a like iconic yes. Chanel bride. True, true, true. Like it was kind of we expected more. I I expected more from the hair, or from the outfit, all of the above. Okay, but it was a good look. It was a good look. I just, I honestly, I expected more. <laughs> and then Florence. Hell yeah. I mean, why, why Florence? So Miss she Flo. debuted um, her new buzz cut and feathered headpiece, which was styled by hairstylist Peter Lux. And I thought like, what a moment. If I mean, she's probably shaving her head for a role, right? But like really the Met Gala with the hairpiece, the mm -hmm. feathers. It was, it was shocking. Epic. It was really I cool. I, of all of the things that was definitely up there, but I didn't want to pick the same three. Um, so my three. Okay. Um, actually kind of similar to Cara Delamine, but I think she did a better. Uh, and that's Marion Cotillard yeah. um, by Adir and the collab with Daniel Moon. That uh, like pinky color was really, really sick. Plus the short, I just, I, that one I was like, damn. Um, so shout out to her. Maya Hawk, I thought was really yeah. cool. The shaggy wavy situation um, by John Nollett. Nollett, you guys can correct me. And then finally, Quana Chasing Horse by Paula Peralta, uh, friend of the pod. Um, that look was incredible. The waves, the braids, the whole thing. 
like top, top, top. And Kwana is the Paul Mitchell ambassador right Paul now Mitchell too. Global so ambassador. I love yeah. that. And Paul is amazing. Mm-hmm. We love them both. Uh, go to the tees.com. Let us know what you guys liked. Uh, there's so many picks there. Shout out to the team for that. That's a lengthy recap. Um, and last up on the site, Level Up pens open letter to L'Oreal calling for withdrawal of hair straightening products. Uh, with more and more studies revealing the dangers of hair relaxers, we've started to see a number of groups take a stand against these hair straightening products and the companies that produce them. The latest to do so is UK feminist group Level Up. The organization recently penned an open letter to global beauty giant L'Oreal, urging the company to withdraw its hair straightening products after research linked its usage to an increased risk of uterine cancer, particularly amongst Black women. In 2022, a study conducted by the U.S. National Institutes of Health found that women who used hair straightening products four or more times per year were more than twice as likely to develop uterine cancer. It was also noted in the study that Black women had a higher risk due to higher usage of these products. Head to thetees.com to learn more about this initiative. How long do you think it's going to take for L'Oreal to I don't respond, know. let alone pull the products? As of February, they had over 60 lawsuits. So I think it's time, right? I think it's time, L'Oreal. Heard it here. Hot take. Hot take. Yes. And this letter was penned to the CEO of the L'Oreal Group and the chairman of the L'Oreal Group. And so I've got to believe that after we have these lawsuits, outlets like the TVs are pointing it out over and over again. This is the first time we've talked about it, that there does need to be some attention played to it. Yeah. Let's have those products pulled. Mm -hmm. Uh, As always, so much going into CS.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. Shout out to all of them. We've talked about them here. Um, We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with Katie Alm. Katie is a hairstylist, Joyco, artistic educator, and Olivia Garden brand ambassador. Katie Alm is a hairstylist, Joyco artistic educator, and Olivia Garden brand ambassador, which we love, Olivia Garden. Uh, Katie recently closed her sixth chair salon and fell in love with the salon suite lifestyle. She travels with her color company doing training, photo shoots, salon education, and more. Katie loves filming silly content for her TikTok, which we also love, and specializes in lived-in creative color. She's just a girl who loves her job and all things beauty. And I beg to differ, Katie. I think you're more than just a girl. (laughs) So welcome to the pod. Thank you so much for having me today. I am so excited. I've actually always wanted to start my own podcast, but I really didn't know like where to start. There you go. And so being on a guest on a podcast, I think this is a great place to start. Amazing. So you were dipping your toe in the water today in the world of podcasting. So we are so excited to have you here. We want to hear about all things Katie. So tell us, how did you start in this long professional space? I've been doing hair professionally for 11 years. I joke, say professionally, because most of us started out doing box style and our friends in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but right out of high school, I went into esthetician school and I learned I do not like to be quiet. I love to be loud. I love to chat. And so uh, this is a stepping stone to get to into cosmetology school. I graduated when I was 20 years old and uh, I've been in the industry for 11 years now. Uh, like I said, I did own a six chair salon for three years. Okay. Uh, and now I'm at a salon suite, a Phoenix salon suite in Diamond Bar, California. I love it with all my heart and soul. I did love the salon owning life, but unfortunately the pandemic put a, a big damper on, you know, hopes and dreams for most of us uh, in this industry. So, uh, but yeah, I've been doing hair. I, I love my job. I travel with my, my friends, my hair color company. I work for Joyco mm-hmm. and I also work for Olivia Garden. So I have the funnest life in the world. I, I enjoy my life and I love it. I'm married. I have a bunch of fur animals, a horde of animals <laughs> right around my house. And uh, I just have a fun kind of crazy story. So I enjoy my life a lot. Amazing. I love the the positivity. That's awesome. Did you always know that you wanted to get into beauty? Absolutely. Okay. I remember probably about seventh grade. Uh, I wasn't doing too well in school. <laughs> Most of us do. Um, and my mom was like, grounding me a few and she put me in my room and I would like do my hair, do my makeup and I would practice on myself. And then when I got to high school, I was like, I think I'm good at this. And we would get, I would get all my friends ready for our dances and our, all of our fun high school parties and stuff. And um, finally, when I graduated, mom's like, what are you trying to do? I'm like, I've been telling you I wanted to do hair for a lot of years. And they were a little not happy about that choice. They wanted me to be a nurse and ooh, I could never be a nurse. I uh, I like taking care of people's hair, but not taking care of people's, you know, bodily functions. So yes, for sure. But yeah, I just 
I knew probably about seventh grade that I wanted to do hair. And then, yeah, I was 19 years old, starting cosmetology school. And amazing. A lot of people see me and they go, wow, you're how long have you been doing this? I'm like, 11 years. Like, how old are you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I knew immediately out of school. The second I got into cosmetology school, I, I was just waiting for high school to be over. Amazing. Thank you for that story. You mentioned that your parents were like, oh, we really feel like you should do something different. You know, one of the things our mission over here at the T's is to elevate our pros in our industry and to talk about what an amazing life you can have in this industry, right? Outside of a four-year degree, a nursing degree, et cetera. So how did you overcome that hurdle with them? And have they turned the corner? Are they happier in the industry now? Uh, my mom absolutely turned the corner. Sister turned the corner. It was my grandparents, I'd say. Mm. I think when you have family members that immigrate here from other countries and they work really hard, yeah. they don't want their kids to struggle in their later on life. And so they were very weary that the hairstylist can, I'd say 11 to 15 years ago, people didn't take hairstyling seriously. I think that in this day and age, they take it a lot more seriously and we hold ourselves to a higher standard. Yeah. So our clients hold us to a higher standard. Yeah. Um, but I'll never forget it. I was at brunch. It was Mother's Day. Um, and we're at Mimi's Cafe. And I told my grandparents I wanted to. And he, my grandpa, was not about it. He said, absolutely not. You're not doing that. Mm. And I walked out of the table. I was like, I'm doing this with or without you. This is a passion. I knew it was. And the next day I had woke up and he had uh, emailed me all these different schools I could have go to. I think he felt bad. Or maybe my mm. mom reamed him at the table, like let her do her thing. Uh, and since then, they have come around. I'd say they don't understand the digital part of it. Sure. Uh, my dad thinks it's crazy that I go to LA all the time and do fun photo shoots with Joyco. And he's like, they're getting you a hotel room? Why? <laughs> like, That's part of the job, dad, you know? And so sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm doing a Facebook Live. And they're like, for what? Like, what? They don't understand that part of it. Yeah. But the hair part, yeah, my family members love that I'm a hairstylist. Every single one of them, they all get their hair done by me. So they've came around finally. Awesome. Great. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Um, so you mentioned at the top of the pod that you recently shut down your six-person salon and switched to the sweet life. I mean, we know that it was likely the pandemic, right? That caused this switch. Um, was there any other factors? Um, I would say it was most of the pandemic. Okay. Yeah. So um, it was always a dream. I remember sitting in cosmetology school telling my friends, like, I'm going to own a salon one day. And they're like, you're a cuckoo crazy person. And I was. Um, I knew I wanted to do it. And I set a goal that I wanted to own it before 27 years old. I don't know where I got that number from. Mm. I hit that goal. I was 26 and I awesome. uh, bought a salon. And it was the best year of my life, to be honest. I started working for Joyco that same year and started traveling with all of those companies and had a couple of friends come with me to open the salon. And when the pandemic hit and we closed, we were closed for like 19 weeks, I think it was, out of that year. And uh, unfortunately, the girls that worked at my salon chose to go other places to continue doing work. Mm. Uh, and I was unable to do that. So I stayed there alone for, I think it was 11 months by the end of it. Wow. And I kept going, paid the rent the whole time. And I knew that it was really sad, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but I knew that that chapter was closing because it just wasn't worth it for me financially anymore. It was yeah. costing me upwards of like $3,600 a month to keep it going. And I was in there alone. Yeah. And granted, I probably could have got other girls in there and I could have worked harder to do that. But I felt like it was tarnished almost. Like it, it hurt my feelings a whole bunch, right? Mm -hmm. So I was ready to move on and save a lot of money by coming to a salon suite. Obviously, that was the biggest, scariest move. I thought moving and owning a salon was the scariest move. Yeah. Absolutely not. Hmm. Moving the big salon to a small salon suite was 10 times scarier. I feared that my clients would hate it because oh. it's 170 square foot in here, I think it is, and maybe even smaller than that. Right. And in the other places, 1,400 square foot with a smaller parking lot. We have a bigger parking lot here, but I was scared that they were not going to, I don't know, like this environment. And I was scared that they were going to see my color on the wall and know the magic behind all of it. Mm. And actually, it's done the opposite. Okay. They love it here. They love it so much where they say, do not leave here. And if you leave here, you better go inside your house and do it in your house instead. So huh, interesting. Uh, they love the privacy. Okay. They love that they can chat and laugh and be loud and be themselves without fear of judgment of others. And now that they see my color on my wall, they actually get excited and they see that there's chemistry behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's not just us teasing hair and having fun and chatting all day. It's actual science. And I also, obviously I work for Joyco. So I have all of my Joyco color intensities, all of our fun colors on the shelf. I can't tell you how many ladies have wanted to get hair color like that now hmm. because they see it right? and not hidden behind it. And they're like, what's all this stuff? And it actually opens the door for more questions. Like they know that I work for the brand, but they think that I get all the hair color for free. Hmm. So I get hair color for free. Yes. But I do not get all the hair color for free. So 
it lets them understand my side a little better. Right. And I, I would never go back to a, a regular salon setting ever. That's interesting because I too would think it would be much more daunting to say, okay, how are we going to fill six chairs in the salon and have, you know, five or however many other employees, right? And then downsizing to a suite, I'm glad to hear that it's been positive for you. Absolutely. The most positive thing. It took a little bit of time to adjusting. Okay. You know, I, I ran my hips into some of my trays and my chairs because <laughs> I'm not used to being in such a small quarters, but it's been the best adjustment and I love it. Did most of your clients come with you? I would say yes. Um, I probably lost a handful of clients during the pandemic because I did choose to be closed. Mm -hmm. So they did find hair services other places. Um, but other than that, no, I think I gained more clients. I think when they learned that I was, especially I moved here still in the height of the pandemic. Okay. It was September of 21, I think. So it was still happening and they liked the comfort of being alone. Also because mm -hmm. of COVID and everything, they felt a little bit more safe to be in here. So yeah, that's true. I love it. They love it. I've never had any, any problems. I think maybe the worst is they don't like the bathroom because it's a shared bathroom. Pretty low barrier. But I like the bathroom because I don't have to clean the bathroom anymore. Right. So I used to have to <laughs> clean the other bathroom. Also, my hands and knees twice a week clean that bathroom. Mm -hmm. So I love the shared bathroom. Yes, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, what do you feel is the difference between the two? So for stylists out there, they're like, yeah, I'm working or owning a salon right now. And I'm thinking about switching to the sweet life. Like, what's the difference? I would say there's obviously plus and minuses. Okay. Um, if you are having to be around or loving to be around a lot of other human beings, because you've chosen this job to be around a lot of other people, mm -hmm. then maybe a typical salon setting is going to be your best bet. Or if you're straight out of cosmetology school, you can't come to this place. Ah. This is very uh, isolating and mm -hmm. you have to have a clientele to come over here because there's no walk-ins. Yeah. My salon door, they keep it locked still. Um, and it's actually for privacy and it's for people that don't just come in and wander around and knock on your door and mm -hmm. want random services. So there's not a lot of opportunity for growth unless you push yourself a lot online, which I have, I do. And so that does get me new clients every single month, which is great. But some people don't like to be online. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're looking for more of that group setting, it's perfect. But if you are tired of the group setting and you're looking to um, maybe up your rent just by a little bit, because here in California, rent in a regular salon can be upwards of $350. Okay. And my salon suite is $360 a week. Okay. So if they take $10 more, they can be in their own spot. Yeah. So it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. But I do not think that a person right out of school should come to a place like this. Maybe assist in a place like this. Yeah. But definitely not try to own one. It's isolating. And I do miss the group activity sometimes. Like around the holiday times, I miss it the most because I always worked at salons that we dress up for Halloween together. And, mm -hmm. and when I owned a salon, we did a lot of theme days. I'm a theme girl. So we would do themed photo shoots and just theme parties. And um, I loved Christmas time. So I decorated my girls. I do miss that a little bit. Okay. I'd say the first year for the holidays, I didn't really decorate in here because I was a little, a little sad still. This year though, I decorated and a lot of people liked it. So they were happy. But I'd say the difference is the isolating part. Okay. If you are in the industry for a long time and you're ready to be alone, come on over here. It's perfect for you. That's interesting because, you know, I wonder what the rate of like new beauty school graduates, if they're like, yeah, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to hit the salon suites right away. Or if they are going from a training and clientele building perspective to salons. I think that right out of school, if they are, that this new age of cosmetology students are amazing. They are already, already online and they have yeah. 10,000 followers right. and they are charging crazy prices already out the gate because the online education is amazing. And these girls are, these people are learning so early how to be good. Mm -hmm. So I think if you already have a clientele and you're ready to kick out of school and go into here, absolutely do it. Uh, but I think part of this job, it's, or maybe like the, the, the culture of the job is to start as an assistant and then go to yeah. commission and then go to a rental and maybe go to a salon suite or a, a salon ownership. Um, but I don't think you have to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I've learned through my friends from other states that most people don't do that. Mm -hmm. Like in Canada, we had a friend that recently told me that they do not do assistant programs. Like there's not anything like that. You just start doing hair right out of school. I'm like, that's a lot of pressure for somebody that's right out of school. So yeah, um, I think it's fun. And it's a goal for people to work towards is to get to a salon suite. If you like to be alone. Again, if you don't like to be alone, don't come over here because yeah. it's lonely. It can be lonely. And um, there's a lot of great people in this salon suite. There's 33 salons here. And wow. we're very cordial. We're going to say hi to each other, but it's not the same friendship that you have with your girls that you work with at your regular salon. Yeah. 
I also want to talk a little bit about um, kind of that shift in perspective of now, you know, your clients are seeing the color on your shelf, right? And they're thinking about the chemistry and everything that goes into creating beautiful color. Talk to me about that journey for you and some of the conversations that you have with clients. So one really cool part about my job for working for Joyco is that I work with new product development. Okay. So for me personally, this last couple of years, I've spent actually understanding and meeting the chemists that make our hair color. So I'd come back from these trips and I would tell my clients like, you're never going to believe they have someone in their office that, you know, uh, we walked to the lab and someone was making periwinkle. And then a few weeks later, a periwinkle's on the shelf. It's just yeah. magic to me. And so I shared that with them and they see color in a different way, not just a, mm-hmm. a box that they see on the shelf or like, yep. you know, the little box dye or even up here, they see it as actual chemistry because I talk to them like it's chemistry. And when they ask questions, I answer those questions because we all know that one hairstylist that are like, oh, how's it look in the bowl? And they're like, it looks flat. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's scary and intimidating, right? Yeah. So I think if I, you let your clients understand the science, they'll respect you more mm-hmm. and they trust you more yeah. because you're not just going, because I said so, you can't be blonde. Right. Well, here's why. And then you pull out your color book and Joyco's color book has a lot of really great um different things inside tools that you could use. And one of those tools is showing like the the under pigments and showing why you can't go from black to blonde in one session. And Mm. I think just telling them and treating them like it's not just a fun service to do, you know, Yeah, which it is a fun service to do, but it is science and it can be scary and it can hurt people and it can break people's hair off and people are allergic to it. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of risks that people don't understand. They just think cover my gray hair. Yeah. Right. I think showing them the science side of it has made them respect me more. I love that. I love that. Awesome. Um, okay, so talk to me about Joyco. Um, how did you get connected with Joyco? So years ago, I was posting a whole bunch on Instagram. I don't post like this anymore. I used to do a lot of videos, like transition videos from okay. well, fun to you know nothing. Uh, and they had messaged me on Instagram and they said, can you come out for like a I don't know, like a new product development day. And it was from Joyco Color Intensity's Instagram. Mm. And I distinctly remember my mom going, that's fake. There's no way that they want you to come out. They're Mom. like, we'll get your hotel room. And then you can come sit at this table and talk about new hair color. Uh, so I went and I was so scared. Um, I sat at this table and I was around probably like 15 of the most famous hairstylists at the time, like crazy big names. And I remember texting a friend going, why am I here? Like uh, big side note, I'm imposter syndrome, hundred <laughs> percent. Like when you guys asked to interview me, little side note, um, I went on your page and I'm like, they've interviewed some really famous hairstylists and then they're on a talk to me. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> um, but I remember sitting there and one of my mentors, Ricardo Santiago, uh-huh. he was at that event and we got all like kind of broken up to small groups and talked about new products and what we would want to do. And even if the science wasn't there, what would you want to do? And it was right as like the hologram hair started to become a thing that like spray okay that would like shift colors uh and so we we're talking about that kind of stuff and after we all went to dinner and i was sitting next to him and i said i want to do what you do how do i do what you do and he pulled his phone out and he called the territory manager at the time and he that was on like december 8th and by the 25th i had turned in a video with them and wow i didn't hear from them for like six months and i remember thinking okay i tried right that's mm-hmm. the best you can do um, the same month I decided to buy a salon, they messaged me and said, you want to come work for us? Wow. So I'm flying out to my new hire uh, uh, training in Salt Lake City, reading my lease on the plane, like not understanding any of what this lease is talking about. Uh, and I remember thinking like, my life's about to really change and yeah. oh, get a change for the better. That's awesome. Uh, but I just ended up just asking the right questions and networking, putting myself out there mm-hmm. is so scary. And I know I talked to a lot of hairstylists that Part of my job with Joyco, I work on a digital team. And so I help people learn how to use apps better or posts better or just any, after any questions that they have three o'clock in the morning. They're like, Katie, my Instagram is not working. And I'm like, okay, here you go. Um, so awesome. I don't know. I love the online stuff so much. I try to push that more. And yep. networking was, that was it. Just saying the worst I can say is no. Right. And that's half the reason why I'm sitting here right now, because I just keep asking and people keep saying yes. Yes. So <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. So what does your role as an artistic educator entail for Joyco? I have a lot of hats in Joyco. Even the Joyco corporate team, because we have a corporate office in Culver City. Mm -hmm. I feel like I live there. And every time I go there, they're like, where'd you sleep last night? I'm like, right there on the couch. (laughs) Uh, So I do everything that under the sun. I do lives with them. I do in-person events. I do training events. I either take the training or help facilitate the training. Um, I do photo shoots because I work on their digital team. And I also create digital work. So content. TikToks, Reels, pictures for our Instagram, pictures for our website, yeah. Amazon. 
uh, pretty much whatever they say, Katie, can you do this? 99% of the time I say, yes, I can. So amazing. Um, and I love it. I love teaching in person. I'd say the last couple of years has been really rough teaching on zoom when people don't have their cameras on. Mm-hmm. It's a little awkward <laughs> and uh, the class goes by a lot faster than it's supposed to. So I'm sure we're finally back in person here in California and we're teaching in person again. And I had the last couple of weeks, I've been really busy with them. So I do whatever they ask and I love every second of it. What is your favorite part? about being an educator? My favorite part of Jonicom, I think the people. Okay. I'd say the people. Um, we are like this big old happy, crazy family. And it's nuts to think that I have like friends in every single state. I can point on a map and go and stay at someone's house. And that connection, yeah. with or without Jonico, I've made lifelong connections. And mm-hmm. some of those connections are, I have a little girl group now. There's four of us. We call ourselves the Misfits. <laughs> and we all across the whole different, all over the country, we, we call ourselves misfits because we don't look the same. We don't act the same. We're all different ages. Some have kids, some don't. Yeah. And we are the best of friends. So we're actually, right before we're on here, uh, we're planning our annual trip. We've gone on a trip every single year together where we get cute little matching tattoos. And the Joyco, the best part of that is the people help me meet some of my forever friends. So it's the best. And also, if you haven't tried the hair color and the care itself, it's next to none. There's nothing on the market like Joyco. Okay. I love that. And love Joyco Color. Are there any products that you have that are your favorite from Joyco? Absolutely. Um, I actually have one right here. Amazing. <laughs> this is our Lester Lock Spray. It's a leave-in conditioning spray. Uh, it's a heat protectant, uh, UV protectant. It has our smart release technology in it. It's the best detangling spray. And not only just because I love it and I work for them, uh, but it has won Silas Choice Awards for many years in a row for best detangler. Uh, and it's the, by far the best part, I think, that, that Joyco has, that any person with any hair texture, any type of hair can use this product, which is the best. So, That's awesome. And uh, during the pandemic, it was sold out for, mm. I'd say, over a year. And recently, I learned that there was a new Cosmoprof opening up in Rialto. Okay. I drove 45 minutes to go buy nine Luster Lock sprays, and I drove right back home. So <laughs> I, I love that product. We make jokes that we would drink it if we could. So it is the best on the market, I would say. Amazing. Talk to me about retailing that product. Do you you know, make an emphasis to sell that in your salon as well? Absolutely. I tr- I can't keep it on the shelf. Okay. When I say I bought nine, those nine are gone. And uh, hmm. I think I used probably two of them. The other seven got sold. I'll buy the mini sprays and I'll dump them into the bigger bottle because I love it so much. Wow. Um, but I do have a pretty extensive, it's a little bit higher than that too, but pretty extensive retail shelf, obviously all Joyco. Um, and my clients love it. That They switched over when I switched over and okay. some of them will go online. Like one of them recently made a TikTok without even telling me of her just holding all of her Joyco products. And she's like, Cute. I'm sold. Like, and she just holding all <laughs> these products in there. So it's, it's honestly the easy to retail. It sells itself. And the other cool part is that we sell at Ulta and at Amazon. So, and we're actually full partners with Amazon. We're not doing the whole third party thing. Yeah. Um, and that way, if I don't sell it in person, they can still get the product really easily. And yes, maybe I don't make a little bit of money off of that, but um, Drinko does and Drinko pays me other ways. Yeah. So, you know, it all it's a full circle event. And as long as my clients get the products that they need, that's all I really care about, you know? Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Moving on to your partnership with Olivia Garden. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that relationship as a brand ambassador. So it is a little different. Um, It's more of like social media stuff. So I do a lot of their um, like launches. They'll send me new stuff and I make videos with it. Like we just launched our super HP hair dryer, which is super cute and super fun. You should try it out. Um, But it is really fun. I worked with them for even longer than I worked with Joy. I think I'm on year six, I believe. Wow. Uh, I have a great relationship with the owners and that's how I learned you guys. I love it. I can probably build a house with how many Olivia Garden brushes I have. <laughs> I would say my favorite are my XL ceramic ion brushes. Mm-hmm. I use that on literally every single person. Maybe not if they have short hair, but all my girls are mostly long, dark haired girls that want to be blonde. So okay. I do like four hours of each person and I do not have an assistant. So that extra long um, brush really does help me a lot. But I love Olivia Garden. Every single tool that I own probably besides my Marcel curling irons because I don't make a Marcel curling iron. I've asked her so many times. Every time I see her, I'm like, now Marcel curling iron? She's like, no, <laughs> no. I do love her other ones too, but uh, I love Marcel. It's um the the whole thought of it, Marcel. I've collected vintage hair styling tools for oh. 11 years now. And for my 10 year anniversary, I actually got a Marcel curling iron tattooed on my arm. One of the ones that I have. 
And actually, so cool. Funny enough, talking about tools, I have a few right here to show you that are for the wall. Oh, wow. I collect all vintage styling tools. That's amazing. So these are Marcel Curling Irons from, I would say the, I don't know, the 30s or the 40s, maybe. Wow. Like scattered all over the salon. I have blow dryers that are from the 70s, clippers that are before they were electric. And cool. so I love tools. Uh-huh. And that's why Olivia Garden is the best tool line in the world. And my clients, they love it too. They all have blow dryers. They all have brushes. And they're like, what else? Do they have? So I'm like, one of them wanted to buy my curling iron off of me. I'm like, just go buy your own curling iron. <laughs> He's like, you better use it. I'm like, I use it all the time. Okay. That's awesome. I do love a lady garden a lot. They are fantastic. And the owners are absolutely fantastic. Family run business. They're so fun. So fun. Well, we, I got to do Naha with them right before the world shut down in 20, January, 2020. And um, it was the coolest, yeah. funnest show. And a lot of Droico artists are also Olivia Garden educators. And okay. so it's just a big, happy mesh of a family. I feel like we kind of all cross over. And when we're at Droico events, every single time you look around, every single person's holding Olivia Garden brush. As they should. It's so magical. I love it. It's <laughs> it's so fun. Oh, even videos I watch on TikTok, almost every single one, they're holding Olivia Garden brush. Yeah. I'm like, this is the best brush of all time. It is. So... As it should, right? Over 50 years of being in business, I think, right? Yeah, they're incredible. Um, What is your advice to stylists looking to connect with brands like you have? Honestly, put yourself out there as much as you can. Go online, go on TikTok. People are like, I don't want to do TikTok. It's another app. TikTok is my very best friend. And it has made me more confident in real life. I downloaded it during the pandemic and I didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my husband. And I started making TikToks on there and they did pretty well. And it made me confident to go online. And then finally I started posting on Instagram, like follow me on TikTok. And um, I think putting yourself out there and reaching out to the brands, don't try to reach out to a thousand brands. I think the ones that you love, try to work with those ones. So I was already using Joyco. I was already using Olivia Garden. I wasn't trying to fake anything or just comment and bother them. It was me pushing out content that they like yeah, and good quality content at the same time. Uh, not just, you know, in the dark or, you know, like that. Yeah. Phones to the floor, things like that. Put some time into it. If you're really serious about it. Um, a couple of years ago, like I said, during the pandemic, I took digital really seriously. Okay. And I ended up being on Joyco's digital creation team where I teach creation classes. I uh, taught them all how to use TikTok as an app. I, we all sat down and like, there's 40 people on a call and I showed them how to use every function of that app. And cool. um, I love content creating. And I think it's a gateway to, brands and to become an influencer or anything like that, just to put yourself out there. Cause the worst they're going to say is no there. And years ago, one of my mentors in social media, her name is uh, Cynthia Baker from Saga house. Okay. Amazing. You should follow her. Um, she is, she told me one time, cause I'm like, my views aren't great. You know, sometimes they're not. And it's discouraging a little bit. And she told me, say you get 20 views on a video. Mm-hmm. If 20 people came running at me right now, I would be terrified. That's so many people to be running at me. But when you think about a number online, it's like only 20 people liked it. 20 people in this tiny room right now, we would be shoulder to shoulder. That's a lot of people. Right. So it changed my perspective of like, even if I'm reaching 20 people or 20,000 people, I'm still putting myself out there. And the worst is going to get is working with two of the best brands in the industry. So put yourself out there. It's, It's fun. I love that. So talk to me a little bit about what inspires your TikTok videos and ideas for anyone out there that's like, ugh, it's too daunting. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. Yeah, that's the biggest one. I don't know where to start. Um, Start by scrolling. That's pretty much what I do. So I sat there for probably two weeks and I didn't post anything. I call them silent scrollers. <laughs> so you just sit there, you don't post, you just scroll and you scroll and you scroll and you, you find like your niche, which my niche is funny hairstyling videos. I try to do other things and TikTok's like TikTok jail. Um, we only want to see your silly videos, Katie. So just start by scrolling and seeing other trends. Okay. Follow other like-minded hairstylists, people, whatever kind of content you're looking to create, follow those people that will spark ideas. It will give you inspiration. Kind of like when we used to go to hair shows back in the day. Mm-hmm. Haven't been to one in a long time. Uh, but where you would leave there and you think, I can't wait to get back to the salon. And totally. That's how I found inspiration at first. And then... I love music. That's a big part of my inspiration. And I would listen to songs and I would hear a clip of a song and this like funny hair scene would come into my head. And I'm like, I have to go to the salon and record this. And if I didn't have time that day, I would write it down. And most of the time I actually batch my content. I I take like probably once a week, maybe once every other week, depending on how busy I am. Um, And I come here on a Monday or Tuesday and I film four to six hours worth of content. Wow. I go home, edit it for an hour or two. And then I have a week's or two weeks worth of 
content. So when people go, I don't have time to do that. You're right. Either did I. I cannot film when I'm doing a four-hour color correction with no assistance and I'm up to elbows and bleach. What I do have time for is Monday when I'm sitting at home doing a whole bunch of nothing. Mm -hmm. But I want to be serious about this part of my job. Came here. And so my clients will poke fun at me uh, because I don't dress like this while I'm doing hair regularly. (laughs) This is a special occasion. Um, I used to do makeup all the time. I don't really wear makeup anymore. I don't really do my hair anymore. Um, This is not about me and my hair appointments. It's about the client. And they know that if I have mascara on or not, that they're going to get the same hair color quality, no matter what. But put yourself out there, the content creation, and um, yeah, just try, try. What's the worst that's going to happen? Post it. It gets two views. Who cares? Post another one. Change the time. You know, learn more. And there's all these people on TikTok and Instagram, I'm assuming too. I mostly go on TikTok now. But um, their whole niche is strategy on how to post better and learn the algorithm. Mm -hmm. So half the people that I follow are other hairstylists. And half are people that are here to help me strategize on social media. Find a social media mentor like I do, like Cynthia. You know, be able to talk and have creative groups. My little girlfriends and I, we sit there and talk ideas and we share like-minded things, find people that want to create and create with them. I love that. It's, you know, you don't have to recreate the wheel in, in a sense, right? Yeah. You're doing your research. You're taking a look at what's working. What are the trends? How can you sort of pop into those trends from an algorithm perspective? So really smart. And I like that you batch your content, right? It's, it probably takes a little bit of the anxiety off of like, I can't post every day, right? Absolutely. And when I edit, I edit the whole video all the way down to the caption. Mm. I tag all the people. And so what I'll have to do is I set alarms on my phone because I have certain times that I post. My alarm will go off. I open TikTok and I hit post. Yeah. Put my phone back down and go back to work or go back to dinner or go back to whatever I was doing uh, and and then put my phone down. And one, one really great tip is to put it down, post it and put it down and to not pick it up and look at it again. Yeah. TikTok knows that you're looking at it and they don't like that. They want to naturally let the content go. So I post and then I don't open TikTok again for two hours, okay. three hours. Sometimes I post before I go to sleep and then I don't open it again until the next morning. Interesting. And then you're shocked when you see that you got a thousand views while you're sleeping. So yeah, uh, which is pretty fun. So very cool. But yeah, batching content was one of the smartest decisions I think I've ever done. And mm. if people really don't know where to start, start by following content creators that can whole soul basis to help you learn the algorithm that is forever changing. So I hear a lot of times when people go, well, I don't have time to do that. They're scrolling on TikTok, but they're just scrolling for no reason or rhyme or anything. You're, we already are on social media a whole bunch. Use it for business, your business. If that's what you're trying to do, because some people really don't. And I understand that. I know everyone likes to put their face online, but sometimes you don't have to. Mm-hmm. There's like, use your generated content or you can work with the brand and never have your face on there. And you can just have your hands or just your cute little setup by your table. There's definitely places to create and make money on the, on all the apps without having to try too, too hard. Yeah. I do try hard, but not, not hard. Anymore. <laughs> and I've learned to not let my feelings get hurt. Right. Because sometimes you post a video and you put a lot of time and effort and it doesn't get a lot of views and you're like, ah, oh, I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. It could have been a bad time. It could have not even been a bad video. It could have been I posted too late yeah. or I posted too early. Or I didn't put the right hashtags or things like that. So it's a trial and error mm-hmm. for the rest of our lives when we're on this social media. <laughs> yeah. And and to not give up, right? Like stick at it, stick with it. It's definitely a consistency game too. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Stay consistent. I post every single day, if not twice a day. People go, how do you do that? Batching content. Cool. I love it. And how do you have the ideas? Scrolling on TikTok late at night on my phone. So there's, we're, we're doing it. We're just not putting our effort down and doing it, right? Right. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to switch topics a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about your point of view on something that you mentioned kind of pre-interview. So you mentioned like the stress of closing the salon um, and talk to me about what that meant for you and kind of that journey, because I know there was uh, sort of a journey there for you. Absolutely. It was life-changing to be uh, completely honest, um, uh, especially being in California. California definitely got hit one of the hardest states out of all of the states. Yep. And I followed all of the rules. I read every single rule. I've never read so much paper and information in my life during that time. But I, I was stressed because mm-hmm. there was a tunnel and a little bit of light at the end, but we didn't know when we got to go back. And when we did go back, it was going to be different. So I was stressed about that. Right. And I also didn't want to upset the girls that were working for me because some of those girls have been friends with me for eight to 10 years. Mm-hmm. And that was a part of the stress was losing on top of a dream of mine. I lost four friendships. I lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I lost about 30% of my hair. Wow. Including 
a two by three inch bald spot to my scalp on the back of my head. Wow. Luckily, I have a ton of hair and you could not tell. Uh, but I looked back at pictures during that time and I can tell my hair is looking fried. And I actually I did during that time, I did a live for Olivia Garden and I showed them how to wave. It was when the flat iron first came out. Mm-hmm. And one of the comments was like, your hair is fried. And I was thinking like, it's not fried. What are you talking about? It wasn't fried. It was breaking off. And I did not realize at the time wow. that it was mm. literally coming off in chunks. And wasn't until my very lovely husband one night while we were about to eat dinner, he said, and I quote, are you going bald or something? Mm. Because my hair was up and I did not know that I had a bald spot. Oh, wow. So I did cry for about 25 minutes mm-hmm. and I did not eat dinner that night. I was a little stressed out, but seeing that bald spot made me stress out more. Right. Yeah. And so I started to fall in love with like uh, the idea of how to grow your hair back. Yeah. Like, what can I do right this minute to grow my hair back out? I was starting to panic about it. And it wasn't until I actually left my salon and came over to my salon suite, which took off, obviously, a very large part of stress. Uh, Six weeks later, I couldn't find my bald spot, which is kind of mind blowing for how short of a time span that was. Uh, It was gone. And granted, it's shorter than the rest of my hair. Obviously, we know how hair growth looks, but I couldn't feel my scalp anymore. Wow. Which I had felt my scalp for over a year. And it started about probably like this big when he first saw it. And it ended up being yeah about three inches by two inches. Wow. And the one product that I swear on my whole entire life, what even though there's no legal claims that Draco has, but I use our Defy Damage Sleepover Every night, I put it on my scalp. I put it around the the hair that was falling out. Around the bald spot, there was these little tiny hairs that were, mm. um, they would get really kinky and then they would fall out. I think it was dying or it was, it was doing something and it was falling out. Wow. Uh, so I just slather the uh, uh, sleepover on there and it stopped the hole from getting bigger, which is crazy. And I live by sleepover or all the five damage line of Joyco in general, but uh, I started doing scalp treatments. I stopped bleaching my hair. I just bleached my hair for the first time in like a year and a half, I think it was. Okay. And I only bleached the underneath part because I, I got some grays coming in. And I liked it. Uh, but I lost a lot. Mm-hmm. But in that time, I gained like three times more. Wow. I, I The first time we closed, I was depressed. I've never felt depression like that because I have a really great life. And I have a really great job and really great family and really great friends and um, I never knew what depression felt like. And uh, <clears throat> my lovely husband, even though he made that bald head comment, um, he saved my life, I think. I was super depressed and I was not getting out of bed. I was not taking care of myself. And then we got to go back to work for five weeks. And I remember mm-hmm. crying every single day into work and coming home from work. I'd get there an hour early and I would be bleaching the whole salon. My fingers were peeling. Oh, yeah. I was so scared that I was going to mm-hmm. hurt somebody or get in trouble by the state. I just was scared. And so that stress on top of um, getting, I had a hundred and I think 137 appointments to rebook. Whoa. Fit in five weeks worth of time, but we weren't allowed to double book and we weren't allowed to, you know, have that many people in the salon. So it took a really long time to get all the clients back in there. Luckily they were wonderful. My clients were great and they were very understanding. Some of them, not so much, you know, but we don't have those anymore, uh, but the rest of them, they stuck with it. And uh, I think that made us stronger because they saw how hard it was on me and they saw like what happened to my salon and everything. And then they want to support me so much more now. And yeah. luckily I am so much better. So we closed, we're open for five weeks and we closed again for seven weeks. And I promised myself that I wasn't going to waste that time. Okay. I was, this is your time, Katie. I always blamed not eating healthy and not working out. I'm too busy at work. Well, I wasn't doing anything. So I cleaned the heck out of my house. I read 12 self-help books in those seven weeks. Wow. I told myself I'm going to raise myself up and um, become this Katie that you're looking at right now. And People go, I'm so sorry, especially when you're with people from other states. They go, I'm so sorry that happened to you in California. I'm not sorry that happened to me because it made me a stronger person. It made me a better hairstylist. It made me a better family member. My nephew was like maybe eight months old at the time when we went into quarantine. And I got to spend the first year and a half of his life with him. Mm. I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for COVID happening. So all those really horrible things were outshined by... 10 times more things. I got healthy. I started eating lunch. I went, right. 
a side note for any hairstylist that are starting, eat lunch, girls, mm-hmm. and wear your better shoes because mm-hmm. you're going to do this job for the next 40 years. And if you're starving yourself, like most of us do, we won't make it. We won't make it yeah. through. You have to treat yourself and fill yourself up before you fill up other people's cups. Yeah. And I learned that lesson. We got to go back for... I think it was like another seven weeks and they closed us down again. And that time it was, it was sink or swim. Yeah. It was either go bankrupt or kind of hide around a little bit. So I did do hair quite a, a couple of people to try to keep the bills going. And I was lucky enough to get a PPP loan, um, mm-hmm. which was stressful too. I never had any kind of documents like that. And I didn't know what to do. And I had to get a tax person because I was doing my own taxes for a long time. And yeah, but yeah, it made me very stressed, but also made me, whole again, I guess you would say, and love myself and love my body. And funny enough, I had no tattoos that were visible going into the pandemic. And if you catch me online, I am, <laughs> I got over 45 tattoos now. And Ooh. people are going, are you, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm actually the best I've ever been. That's awesome. Because unfortunately, a lot of hairstylists, like we know, we don't eat lunch and we end up with a yeah. little bit of body dysmorphia and some eating issues. And I would not wear clothes that would show my body off. And I started getting tattoos and I started to love myself more. Yeah. And that's why I think I have built a better relationship with my clients is because I'm not sad anymore. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'll go, are you, how are you? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, really, you guys, I'm great. I have been doing swimmingly this last couple of years, probably, yeah, the last two years, it's been beautiful. I love my job. I love this salon suite. Amazing. I have the best job. I have the best life. I love it. <laughs> I heard nothing for me to complain about. Maybe traffic is the only thing in California. Of course. <laughs> and that's enough. And it's been cold here. It's been like 46 degrees and I didn't sign up for that. I signed up for 75 plus. So mm-hmm. other than that, <laughs> I think the pandemic was the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me yeah. <laughs> in my life. It, it's a good point because, you know, here at the T's, we want to champion stylists and their mental health. And so we feel like the industry doesn't talk about some of these things, right? And so thank you for sharing your story and being vulnerable with us. And it's wonderful to see uh, the other side of that, right? And that self journey that you went through. And I feel like because that happened to me that I could help share that with others. And right. my next goal in life, that is to help other new cosmetology students. I feel like that is my next life goal just in this industry because I really started to think about what I want to do. Because a couple of years ago, I'm like, I want to be an influencer. I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) No, I don't. That's a hard job. And you're really criticized a lot. And I don't want to be criticized. So Mm -hmm. what I want to do is help hairstylists that love this industry. And a lot of those people are newcomers. Yeah, I've taught people from in cosmetology school to 45 years out of school. And who's hungry is these young people that really want to do this job. And it's a beautiful job. And it probably really sucks to start in the middle of the pandemic or like right after the pandemic. Yeah. Probably a little discouraging to see all these salons closing down and, you know, all of us online, like, I hate this. It's, it's a beautiful industry. And it's, yeah. it's a really wonderful, I don't know, I, this job is so different. I feel like I'm a well-rounded person because of all the things that I, I sit here and talk to so many women, mm-hmm. all these women from all different walks of life. And I get to learn from them and then yeah. maybe not even apply it to my own life, but apply it to a different client's life, you know? And yeah. a big part of that is learning about domestic abuse and mental health and that kind of stuff. And that's, yeah, my new crusade is, um, yeah, like self-defense. I actually, uh. I make jokes, but it's not funny. Um, I've been trying to get famous online for over a decade <laughs> and, um, I had a video go viral recently because mm. I was followed around at a Target in my city. This is the second time this has happened to me. Wow. Where it is probably, I say, pre-sex trafficked um, and shining light onto that. And yeah. I've had more women message me about they've had similar happenings to them. And I've been out and about in my city and there people recognize me for that video. Yeah. And they don't recognize me for all the other silly videos that I do. But part of that is learning about self-defense and learning that almost women empowerment, I guess you could say, or human empowerment mm-hmm. is not all about women, but human empowerment and showing, giving us that strength back because yeah. as of right now, I still haven't gone to the grocery store alone. I, my, luckily, my husband is very great <laughs> and uh, he travels. He's a very large man who uh, is my personal bodyguard. So goes to the store with me at all times, but being in a salon suite alone can be scary sometimes. Right. So I do not do men's hair for that particular reason mm-hmm. because being in a room like this, this could be a little terrifying yeah. uh, in general. So, and I also pay for a window suite. One, because obviously the window, you don't want to feel like you're in a shoebox, but 
so I can see my car when I leave. So interesting. Yeah. I think learning about that and sharing these stories with other girls sit in my chair, mm-hmm. like those little 16 year old girls that want to go to the mall and their mom says no. And they're like, but I want to go to the mall. Well, right. self-awareness is really important for me. Huh. So sharing all my life stories. Yeah. And I joke that bad things happen to me because I feel like I can shed light onto it for other people. Right. And I, I love that about myself. So it's been a, a whirlwind the last probably what three years now, but I've learned more about Katie and I've been more confident in myself than ever before. So that's amazing. Congrats on that journey. I love to see that for you. Thank you. So we've got this little, this little wrap up at the end. Uh, we call it the tease quick takes. So I love it. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> All right. So number one, what was your first ever product that you owned a beauty or hair product? Um, before being a professional, it's embarrassing to say, but being a California girly, sudden was probably my first thing that I can remember <laughs> having or a little bit of lemon juice in the hair uh, and laying out by the sun. And mm-hmm. I was a tanning bed goddess in high school. So I loved sudden. Love it. But my first professional hair thing was probably a Marcel curling iron that I can remember in cosmetology school. And mm. I never put it back down. But unfortunately, it was sudden. So if you're young and you're listening to this, sudden is the worst. Do not put it in your hair. Don't do it. Do not do it. It's bad for you. <laughs> I love that. All right. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? I am superstitious. Um, I'd say superstitious in like, you probably won't catch me underneath a ladder, okay. you know, or, yeah. but I don't superstition as I'm like, I have to wear the shirt if a sports team win or something like that. Right. Not, not that extent, but I, I do believe in the, the occult and all that kind of fun, ghostly stuff. Okay. So I definitely think being superstitious is important. If I spill some salt, I will throw it over my shoulder. 100%. <laughs> I love it. All right. Who would play you in a movie of your life? Ooh, mm-hmm. I don't know if someone wants to play this life. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Um, that's a great question. I don't know if I could say a biopic. I don't know. I think I would be myself. I think I would want to play myself. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know much about celebrities, but I would say that the ones I've been compared to would be Haley Williams from Paramore. I think it's the hair color part of it. Okay. Uh, and uh, maybe Kat Von D. Oh, yeah. Because we have a similar voice. Yeah. <laughs> I've been told my whole life I have a deep voice and uh, part about makes me unique. So I think Kat Von D also has a very unique voice. And, she does. Oh. Indeed. All right. I would say maybe one of the two of them. I love it. But probably me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your ultimate comfort food? Oh, comfort food. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Um, I am a Japanese American girl. Okay. And my grandma makes the best Japanese curry on white rice that in the world. She can make that and I can eat it for the rest of my life. So I think it would be wow. my grandma's Japanese curry. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> always better from grandma too right always from the grandma oh and i try to make it i can't make it i don't know what she does she puts grandma magic in there and it makes it so much better yeah it's grandma magic all right let's say you're on a deserted island and you can only bring three beauty products what are you bringing Ooh, sunscreen for sure yes okay i live in sunscreen now because i was a tanning bed goddess Mm -hmm. please put your sunscreen on girls every day (laughs) 30 at least um um, I'll probably bring a Marcel, an old Marcel curling iron. Ooh, okay. So I pop that in the fire and then wave my hair. Love it. And probably Joyco Defy Damage Shield. Okay. Which is a, a UV protectant and um, it makes your hair five times stronger. And so I think if you're going to be living in the desert or on an abandoned island for a little bit, your probably hair is going to look horrible. So you're going to need it. <laughs> for sure. For Joyco. I love it. What a great way to wrap. Um, Katie, tell everyone where they can find you on all of the socials. So I'm on Instagram at Katie Alm with two E's. Okay. Cause I made that way back in the day when I was an email girl and I had to add extra letters to things for some reason. Love it. <laughs> uh, on TikTok at Katie Alm, but with one E cause I'm older now. Um, and then I also, um, on Facebook, but I really don't go on Facebook. I would say follow Joyco yep. if you can and Olivia Garden, of course. And of course, read the teas and volume up. Love it. Uh, but yeah, you can catch me online and you can catch me in Diamond Bar if you want to get your hair done by me. Uh, I would love to see you. Uh, but yeah, please follow me on Instagram and TikTok. Maybe both would be great. So both. yeah, hit her up on both. Well, thank you so much for your time. I love your energy. It's absolutely contagious. Thank you. Um, And what a story. Thank you for sharing all the info with us. I appreciate you. Thank you for letting me be on a podcast for the first time in my life. You bet. It's so fun. I'm going to go buy a microphone, I think. And I'm going to start this. (laughs) I have no one to interview or anything, but... 
Hey, you know what though? Put yourself out there. Like you mentioned, right? right? You never know what'll come. Put yourself out there. <laughs> Take my own advice, Katie. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it, Kelly. It was so great. Oh, it's so much fun. All right, Jeff. You know Katie. I know Katie. Right? You've worked great. with Katie. I've worked She's with Katie. amazing. She's lovely. You've heard it here now to the masses on the pod, but thanks to her for joining us today. And make sure you follow her. Uh, we've linked to her in the show notes. So go and do that. She's do a that. ray of sunshine. <laughs> Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. She's gonna answer. It's not me, not me responding. <laughs> Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Mama Kiki and Madeline Kiki. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.